This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. One of the tough things for me, though, was to come to terms with it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy. Martial artist, author, and podcaster Mark Gablowski joins us in this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Nassadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates. And this is Armin Asadi. And we are here to bring another episode to you that is designed, designed to inspire you to put your faith to work and live out the bold idea that God has put inside of you. And we have a very special guest, another special guest today. Imagine that. We have had 27 special guests. Well, not quite. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. 25 because two shows we've yeah. done. No, three shows you and I have done together. Is it three? I thought it was, it was two. Three now. So. Oh, yeah, the first one. The we first have to one, do an introductory yeah. of this, this is what we're doing. Yeah, the first one. So we have... Mark Gablowski, an Air Force veteran, a career martial arts professional, an author, a podcast, an entrepreneur, sharing his life story with us today. This is a story that's going to pull on your heartstrings and at the same time inspire an aspect of your faith that people don't often do. And it's an important thing to listen to today. Yeah. And we had quite a bit of processing at the end of this interview to do. So be sure you stay tuned for that at the end. (laughs) And for now, we want to welcome Mark Gablowski to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, and, and thank you for being on our program. And also, I want to just give you a thank you for serving in the Air Force and serving our country. Um, I just want to give a shout out to all of the veterans like you that are doing amazing work and have done amazing work and just want to thank you again for your service. Thank you. So you have been known as the man who helps people overcome adversity. I know you have a podcast, Strength Through the Struggle, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Northeast Ohio in a working class home, cultural working class home. It was Italian and Hungarian of all combinations and grew up on the shore of Lake Erie, which was super awesome. And I enjoyed sports growing up and eventually after high school decided to join the Air Force. And I spent nine and a half years active duty there. And while I was in the Air Force, I was able to head down the path of training in the martial arts, which was something that I literally had wanted to do since being a child, but we were, you know, very poor. And so that couldn't happen then. But when I had the means and the time, I started to study the martial arts, which after I finished my Air Force time, I took martial arts on as a full-time career. And that's what I've been doing since 1990, full-time. Well, I love the martial arts. I love watching people that perform it. I don't think I have the personal discipline to do it. <laughs> two, two of my sons are black belts in Taekwondo. What is your area of? Yeah, I study Kung Fu, Chinese martial arts. Uh, I've been exposed to, you know, being a professional. There's all kinds of trainings I go to. And so I'm, I've been well exposed to Taekwondo and karate and jujitsu and all the rest of them. But my primary focus has been the Chinese arts of Kung Fu, Tai Chi and Qigong. Well, I remember sitting in my son's class when he was probably 13. He just 
gotten his black belt and he was in his first black belt class. I was sitting there watching as they're talking about moves that could literally take someone's lights out. I mean, just like instantly, you know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is serious. I can't spank my this, child anymore. No, no, I've, lost, I've lost a certain degree of power, I think. <laughs> Yeah, life's about leverage. You might as well get as much as you can. And it sounds like your boys were doing that. Yeah, they, they, they certainly were. And I just applaud them for that and also you for the discipline. I'm sure a lot of it you probably learned from the Air Force to go into that. But is this your primary means of income right now, the martial arts? Yes, I still run a school full time, teach five days a week. And yeah, that's my primary source of income is how I make my living. And then at some point in time, you pivoted to becoming a podcaster on the strength through the struggle, starting that podcast and and going around the country, perhaps around the world, speaking about adversity. What brought you to that point? Well, you know, I had gone through a very, very difficult time 12 years ago, and I remember feeling like completely alone in the midst of this challenge, struggle that I had. I felt isolated. I felt like I was going through this all by myself. And that was really the motivation for starting this podcast is to share the stories of people who have gone through tremendous challenges. Maybe they were feeling alone, as we often do in the midst of a struggle, but then also to share the wisdom and the tools and the techniques for navigating your way, not just through the struggle, but out of the struggle. And ideally, into a better place. So yeah, it was my own my own challenge that motivated me to start the podcast. And what happened back then? Well, my son, Joshua, he was three and a half years old at the time, and he was riding in the back of his mother's car, and there was a hit-and-run collision with two semi-trucks. Mm. And Josh was left with a massive brain injury, and... You know, at that point, was in the hospital in a coma on life support initially, and that's the struggle. That's how it started. What was it like for you when you first got that call? You know, being in the military and studying martial arts, you try to stay centered and focused. You get the details and all that. And so that's what initially I was concerned with, like, what's the information? I got the phone call at my school As soon as I did, I jumped in my truck and headed to the hospital. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it was it was scary because the only information I had was he's in the ICU and he's unconscious. Mm. And so on the way to the hospital, I I started to pray. It was like the best thing I could possibly do for me Mm -hmm. was to just start praying. And, you know, I was just asking the Lord, you know, would you please, please take care of him and guide the hands and the minds of everybody who touches him and comes near him and optimize the best outcome. You knit him together in his mother's womb. You're the great physician, the great healer. And I just prayed like with every bit of my soul. I mean, like every cell in my body, I, because I didn't know what was really, really wrong at that time. And then driving along, I feel like I got an answer And the answer was, he's going to be okay. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy, but he's going to be okay. Mm. And with that, it gave me a little peace, which lasted about 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I actually got to the hospital and had to go find his room. But yeah, it's kind of hard in this physical body to maintain that spiritual perspective all the time. So how was your wife? We weren't married at the time. She luckily walked away with a little bit of a goose egg on the back of her head and some body soreness for about 10 days, but she had no injury whatsoever Mm. other than that. Mm. Must've been quite traumatic for her though as well. Oh, absolutely. After they were hit by the first truck and their car spun across five lanes on the interstate. And when it came to a stop, she looked over her shoulder to check on Josh. And the first thing she saw literally was another semi truck bearing down directly at her, which made contact within a second or two. Mm. So it was terrifying one because her son was in the car with her. And number two, she actually saw the second semi coming at him. Yeah. It's tough enough when you get hit once, but to know you're getting hit again has to just be really, really hard. And also to know that your child is at risk there. So what's his condition or what happened to him after that accident? Joshua suffered a global traumatic brain injury, which means both hemispheres of the brain, all the lobes of the brain and the brain stem were all damaged. Hmm. He had bruising to the brain. There was fluid that built up, which was putting pressure on his brain. And the majority of the injury really was similar to shaken baby syndrome. They call it shearing. Mm. And so his brain matter just tore throughout the brain. Mm. I can't even imagine. I have a two-year-old daughter and every piece of the story you're telling, I I can't help but to think I'm I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm looking back at my daughter and I would just fall apart if I had to deal with that. What, What was your son like before the accident and what has he been like since after the accident? You know, um, when you asked what he was like before the accident, I got this big smile on my face because it was just such a joy. He was just such a joy. I mean, you know, he was bright and he was athletic and he was coordinated and he met all his milestones ahead of time. And at the age of three, people thought he was like five because his language skills were so amazing. He was just full of energy and life, and he was a great kid. I mean, a really great kid in terms of his attitude and kind of easy to manage. I mean, he was strong, and he has his own unique quirks and idiosyncrasies about him, but it was just a joy. I loved every minute I spent with him, and I really loved the opportunity to just be a father. It was great. and he was he was amazing, and he's still amazing. It's just a different type of amazing now. So describe his capabilities or functioning, or w- what what is it like with the condition that he has right now? So he has vision problems. He has balance challenges. He has intellectual deficits. You know, cognitive delays. It's dexterity issues. He has muscle tone, which means you can either have excessive muscle tone or not enough muscle tone where you're kind of loose like a noodle. Mm -hmm. He has excessive muscle tone, which makes it hard for him to, when he tries to do something, his muscles kick into like hyperdrive and Mm -hmm. it makes it difficult for him. So he has balance, the, the balance issues. He has to wear a helmet. It's like a street hockey helmet and that, 
you know, protects him if or when he falls, which, you know, we've had plenty of those. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, there's a part of him that's, he lives in, in two worlds, really. He lives in a world of disabilities where he has these extra challenges. And then he lives in the world of a normal developing teenager. You know, he's 15 now. And, you know, one of the big challenges is he's now aware of his disabilities. I mean, he knows he has these challenges and he knows why he has them. Mm-hmm. And that wears on him in a lot of ways. It, it causes him a lot of anxiety and tell the truth, he gets down about it sometimes. But mm-hmm. we keep trying to point that attitude in a different direction. So as to help him, you know, maximize the life that he has. We don't always get what we want. We, you know, we get what we get and then we have to make the best of it. Yeah. At what point did you reach your breaking point through this process with your son's accident? You know, for me, wait a minute, which breaking point? Because like, <laughs> it seems like I keep breaking at different points along point. the way. Great point. You know, there's been multiples. I remember two months into it, sitting in the hospital with them, and I chose to stay there 24 hours a day shower there, eat there. And I just wanted to be by his bedside. He was in a coma for much of that time. So I wanted him to know that someone was there, but two months into it, I could really feel my energy. Just, it was like, it was leaking out of my body Mm. and I was becoming more tired and more fatigued along the way. I think it was probably a combination of the physical fatigue of just being there, but the emotional fatigue of seeing your child in that condition I knew I couldn't collapse on this. I knew I couldn't afford to become weaker. So I needed to get through this and ask myself how. And a quote came to me that I had heard on a Christian radio station years earlier. And it was always remember in the dark, what you know to be true in the light. Mm -hmm. And for me, the dark was the circumstances my son's in a bed, he's in a coma, he has this massive brain injury. The doctors can't tell me if he's ever going to get better. And that was the dark. And those were all facts and they were all true. But for me, what I had learned in the light was that God's always present with us. No matter how difficult a time we are confronted with, no matter how big the challenge is, he's actually there with us. And the truth was, the answer that I got two months earlier on my way to the hospital. He's going to be okay. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy, but he's going to be okay. And so I had to hold on to that truth in spite of what was true, which was the fact that he was injured and he had all these challenges out there in front of him. And that was really the first big point where I felt challenged. Like, was I going to be able to get through this? Was I going to be able to be there for him? You probably had no idea when, you got that impression from God as you were praying on the way to the hospital that that was a life message for you. Oh, absolutely. It's literally the same message we can all (laughs) embrace and take to heart. And I think sometimes when we understand how, you know, that things are difficult and we understand that that exists and maybe it can be a motivator for us to go, oh, well, this is normal. In some challenges that come our way, they're normal. I'm not exclusive. Like I'm not the only one 
having challenges or I'm not the only one having doubts or a crisis of faith in the moment when we're in the midst of a challenge. But yeah, you know, one of the tough things for me, though, was to come to terms with it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy because I, in my human mind, I assumed that meant a full recovery in three to five years. And that didn't happen. And that was a big challenging point for me as I got to that five-year point, six-year point, seven-year point. I started to wonder, like, is he really going to get better? Because five years to me is a long time. And what we went through was hard. And I got that because I studied martial arts. I was in the military. I understand difficult things. And I understand that you have to practice a long time to accomplish things. But at the same time, in my human mind, I'm thinking five years. Well, he can be healed in five years. And yet it didn't happen. And that was hard for me to come to terms with because I felt a little, you know, I, I've never said this out loud, but I felt a little failed at that point. You know, like, God, you made a promise. You told me how this was going to go. But unfortunately, my timeline and his timeline, they just, you know, they don't always work out to be identical. So that was a hard thing to come to terms with. Yeah, indeed it is. And I can relate to that because I have a son that's been dealing with a chronic illness for 13 years. And oh. everything you just described, I'm resonating with right now. Just the thought that, okay, we'll get through this in a couple of years and then it's three years and it's four years. And now for me, it's been as long as it has been with your son. So I'm, I'm right there with you. A minute ago, Armin asked you about the before and after for Joshua. In fact, uh, my son's name is Joshua as well. That's struggling with wow. the same issue. But he asked you about the before and after for Joshua. I'm I'm interested in the before and after for Mark. Mm. How has this changed for you? Wow. You know, I'd say there's a lot of me that's still the same. I tried to be a compassionate person before. I tried to be understanding and patient. But, oh, my goodness, this has taken my <laughs> compassion and understanding and patience to a new level, only out of necessity. You know, like I had to become more of these things just to be able to deal with this. And I think I see people a little bit differently. I literally can look at anybody driving by now or walking down the street. And I frequently do this, just walking through the store and think, well, what are they going through? Cause they certainly don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. And it really helps you to develop a sense of empathy for others, mm -hmm. or it helped me develop a sense of empathy. It gives us that opportunity, you know, because if we fight against this and we rage against it, we're not really learning anything from it. We're not actually, becoming the biggest and best version of ourselves with God's help that we could be the anger and the rage. I mean, those are things that kind of go along with challenging times. But if I learn to go with the flow, I get to become a different person, a better person, ideally, but it's a painful process. You know, I mean, it hurts to have to change at times, but in the long run, it's what's best for us too. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I have a question for you. A little nervous, but go ahead, bring it on. What would your 65-year-old self 
say to you right now? Oh, well, it would probably start with a slap upside my head and follow with a please stop being an idiot. Ha, exactly. I'm glad you agree. Thanks a lot. How did you know? (laughs) Have you encountered my old self? (laughs) No, I've encountered mine too. That's why we all need to know about Great Waters Financial. All right, listen, all kidding aside, Great Waters Financial is a company that I would put my name and reputation behind any chance I get. It's a company filled with people that I know firsthand, have character, have integrity, you can trust and you can rely on. And this is a company that I believe is one of the best at what they do. Great Waters Financial, based here in Minneapolis, is a financial planning team that will help you customize a financial plan just for you to get you into retirement and to live it greatly. And they prepared a report for our listeners to download the six things your 65-year-old self would want you to know about Social Security. And if you want to see that report, just go to greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. Investment advisory services offered through Advisor Net Wealth Management. Great Waters Financial and Advisor Net Wealth Management are not affiliated. Insurance products provided by Great Waters Financial, a Minnesota insurance agency. Well, you took this adversity and turned it into a bold idea by reaching out and helping others that have gone through similar sorts of things. So talk about the genesis there. How did you get started in the podcast and all the other things you're doing to help people that are going through the same thing? Well, there's a thing, and I've got something for your guests later for free, but there's a process that I use in my own life. And and at the end of the process, it's this idea that you should never waste your pain. You know, just don't waste it. Whatever painful thing, whatever difficult thing, whatever hardship you've gone through, there's somebody else out there in the midst of that or they're on their way headed into it. And your experience can actually give them hope and give them ideas on how to navigate through the challenge that they're going through. So that was really the genesis of the idea was I didn't want to waste my pain. You know, if all I did was suffer and experience difficulty, but I didn't turn it into something useful for myself and for others, then it was literally a waste the pain just went to waste, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to turn it into something good. So I started sharing stories of other people who've gone through all manner of difficulties, relationship challenges, injuries, illnesses, financial challenges. It just really covers everything in order to give people an idea that they're not going through these challenges of their own alone, that there's other people experiencing this and that if they get through it, then you can get through it as well. Can you give us a taste of what that looks like to not waste the pain? Well, for me, what it was, it was starting to write blog posts and share my experience on Facebook about what I was going through. And it also turned into a podcast for me to not waste my pain. I I needed to channel my energy into something positive and I wanted to, you know, give other people hope And it's also turned into a book, which I hope will help people understand that they have what it takes, no matter what they're going through, like they can get through it. You know, there's that old saying that, you know, God only gives us the things we can handle. I really believe that's true. I mean, I would not have scripted this or written this into my life 
not in a hundred years, not in a hundred lifetimes, I would not have chosen this path, but I got this path and it gave me an opportunity to change, to become a new, better version of Mark. So, you know, a podcast, blog posts, and a book is how I've chosen to not waste my pain, to take my experience, share it with others, and let them know that they're not alone, that their challenges are real. What you feel is what you feel, but we still need to continue to put one foot in front of the other. What's been the most meaningful feedback to you from someone who's heard your words or listened to your podcast? Well, you know, I get messages all the time and I've had people who have messaged me telling me that they felt completely isolated, that they didn't believe that anybody else was going through the same things that they were. And even though our circumstances were different, the feeling of being alone was a powerful thing and it turns into darkness if we don't step into hope. And that, that message from these few people that I'm talking about, that they no longer felt isolated in their challenge and that they were, I don't want to say normalized, but that they gained hope. They regained hope to see that what they were going through and what I had gone through and continue to move forward with, that it gave them hope that they could do it as well. Mm. Now, who gave you hope through this process when you went through all that? Was there a voice in your life that was consistent to help you kind of hang in there and to and to turn your suffering and not waste your pain? I had an aunt, my Aunt Carmen, and my cousin Sandra, her daughter, had been in a car accident and had suffered a brain injury 20 years earlier. And the way my aunt handled that inspired me to try to make the best of it and try to get through it with some grace mm. and some dignity, you know, in as positive a way as possible. My aunt took care of my cousin, Sandra. My cousin, Sandra had almost no recovery whatsoever. She was in a hospital bed and, and continues to be in a hospital bed to this day. But the way my aunt handled it was through her faith as she acted out in her faith, in this belief that things were okay in spite of the challenges, it encouraged me in a powerful way. She was a living example of how to navigate through an adversity or a challenging time and keep your attitude as best you can, like in this really positive, powerful place that served everybody. She was just an inspiration on a daily basis. Now she lived, you know, a thousand miles away. But anytime I had seen her, she kind of gave me this formula or this script to just follow. And when she passed away, I was there the week before. And I asked her, how did you get through life? I mean, how did you handle this? Because I knew I was going to need some insight. Mm. And, and the thing she said to me is, you have to forgive everybody. Absolutely everybody, including the truck driver. And for me... You know, that was a hard thing to do, to have to come to terms with this idea that, you know, I hated this guy. I hated him for what he did to my son. I hated him for running away. And yet here's my aunt telling me, we've been caring for my cousin for 25 years in a bed. You have to forgive everybody, including that truck driver. Mm. 
And so she was a huge inspiration for me. Yeah, you rightly described her as a woman of grace to give you that advice. Right. Yeah. Wow. So what have you learned about God through your journey, Mark? He's faithful. He's faithful even when you feel like he's not there. Because everything that I've gone through in the moments where I've had doubts or I'm pleading to God saying, you know, why aren't you fixing this or where where are you right now? Because it doesn't feel like you're near me. As I look back in hindsight, in those moments, he really was near me. It was little things, little the people performing little acts of kindness that buoyed me for the moment. In the moment, I thought, you know, I thought it was that person, but I really believe that that was God showing his love in the way he could in this earthly world we live in by sending these little messengers of grace and love and kindness and caring. And so I I just believe him to be completely faithful and always present, even though there's those times where I don't feel like he's there with me. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's one of the hardest things to do when you're looking down the barrel of uh, life's gun. (laughs) Yeah. Right is to assume that God is there with you when it feels like the exact opposite. It almost feels like he's abandoned you, but you have gone through so much. So for you to say that you're someone that's just got the credibility to be able to say that. And where most of us haven't gone through that kind of trial and still been able to say, no, God's grace is with me. So that's powerful to hear you say that. But as much as I want to keep processing this, just because I have a kid and I feel like I can't avoid everything that could go wrong in life for her. But just because we're running out of time, I'm curious, what is next for you? What's your next big, bold idea? My next big, bold idea is to get my book published so that it can serve people out there in the public who are being challenged. You know, life's tough. And my message is a message of hope. When hope disappears, so does action. And so my desire, my big idea, bold idea is to deliver hope to the world so that no matter what the circumstances you're in, that you can move forward boldly by putting one foot in front of the other and maintaining this idea that God is with me. He's present even when I don't feel him or feel his presence and that we let hope deliver us through our circumstances and on into the, our future as best as it could possibly be. You know, my future with Josh, it's not perfect. It's not the script that I wrote out in my life before Josh was injured, but still life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Josh and I have amazing, amazing times together. And his smile is an inspiration to people who see him all the time. We just have to maintain hope because I wouldn't have this experience now if I had lost hope 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah, that's right. Mm. All the joy I feel with my son now, I wouldn't be experiencing had I given up 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good word. Well, how can people get a hold of you, Mark, if they want to get more information? Well, there's my website, markoblowski.com. I'm also on Facebook. You can look me up there. And, you know, Leary, I'd like to offer something to your audience, a chapter from my book, as well as an infographic on how to 
minimize stress and maximize your success in life. So I'd like to make that available to you guys. That's great. We'll include a link to your website as well as your offer for the book and an infographic to our listeners. We'll make that available on our show notes at boldideapodcast.com. So Mark, thanks again. This was an amazing story you have gone through. And I know that I personally (laughs) am sitting here processing it because I feel like I've got a fellow brother who's walking alongside and, you know, understanding as many of your listeners do as well, understanding somebody who's understanding what pain is like to go through like that. And you have gone through a lot, my friend, and I just appreciate your coming on the podcast to let us peek inside and see how God has been stirring you. Well, thanks. I really appreciate being here. All right, Mark, we'll be blessed and hopefully we reconnect again soon. All righty. Well, I mean, I still am just feeling a little bit like I have to take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can obviously know why with everything that's going on in your house right now with your Joshua. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of begs the question to, you know, you're listening to a guy who has a son that has the name, same name as your son. Yeah. Who is going through very serious medical issues, just like your son. Right. It's been almost the exact same amount of years. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what, what's going through your head? Oh, you're listening to this guy talk. Well, I'll tell you what's going through my head. Having listened to him talk is that Mark was a gift to me today. Mm. Just to hear a guy who's gone through really a devastating adversity. Mm. And you know, there is, he, he mentioned it several times. I think this whole strength in knowing that you're not alone, this idea of isolation kills. And, you know, when you do go through something that, you know, is personally, emotionally afflictive like this, it isn't like you want to telegraph it to the world. You know, you don't want to be one of those needy people. You want to still serve and, and do all that. But at the same time, you know, you're silently suffering inside and, and to have somebody come along and kind of describe what that inner turmoil is like, there is, I think some identification with that that's comforting. And just to have someone else describe an identical internal process is comforting. While you were listening to him, what pieces of it really connected with you in terms of like, oh, I remember that, or I remember realizing that, or I remember having that same epiphany? Like, did you have any of those moments while you're Yeah, there was one in particular when he said, you know, I look at other people and I start thinking about their stories and I think about the challenges that they might go through and realizing that everybody goes through a challenge. And I think he's absolutely right. When you face something like that and you go through it, whether it happens to you personally or happens to someone that you love, I think you become more aware that pain exists in the world and it exists in the lives of other people, even if they're not showing it. Mm. And so that's made me much more aware of that and made me more inclined to ask people about it as well. I think mm. um, I can still be fairly obtuse, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, as all of us are, I suppose, but it certainly has, he mentioned it increased his empathy. And I think that that's been the same for me as well. I think it's been certainly something I've become more sensitive to. Do you find yourself from, from your Joshua experience that have you found yourself changing the way you learn about people like does it, did it change the way you asked questions or what types of questions you ask well i don't really know uh, to be honest i don't know how to answer that question except to just say i think i'm much more likely to just allow people 
the ability to stay where they are as opposed to trying to give them a spiritual mandate, you know, because mm-hmm. I know that a lot of that doesn't doesn't work for me. I mean, he was asking the same kinds of questions that I did. You know, I thought this would be over in two years and now it's three and now it's four and now it's five and now it's six and now it's seven. And and the verse that I've been clinging to, you know, from scripture for me is about your sons will be like olive shoots around your table, you know, and it's been one of the problems with Joshua has not been quite the olive shoot that, (laughs) that my other kids have been in the sense that, you know, he's just been, had this debilitating challenge and the whole sense of, you know, God, what are you doing here? And yet at the same time, it'll be okay. This, Hmm. this sense of just being okay with it. I know that when he talked about things are okay, even in the challenges, even yesterday morning, I think it was when I was journaling, I just had this real sense of God just saying, you know, I just want you to practice being in my presence. Mm. And I realized that I had fallen out of that practice, just this idea of just soaking in and realizing that he's there with me. You know, I, I've been more thinking about the things that I could do, should do, you know, more active oriented rather than just saying, you know, he's present, he's here, he's right now, and just allowing his peace to preside over me. And he talked about peace, right? right. So I think those things all came to mind as I was listening to this interview. It's interesting because you were just talking in our last episode about your understanding of what that verse means yes. about peace that transcends all understanding. Right. And I couldn't help but think about your explanation and definition of that. And it seems like that's kind of the exact same process Mark is going through as much as it is what you're going through. Yeah, we may not know all the reasons for it, but you know, if we have peace, we can endure anything. What did you take away from this episode? Man, you know, it's interesting to be the guy in the conversation who has a kid, one other kid on the way, but I've yet to deal with anything with my kids that's life-threatening or devastating in any way. And man, I can't help but to think if that happened to me, what I would do, I would be angry and that that would be the under, you know, understatement of the century. But I'd like to, I'd like to think, Oh, I'd be, I'd be prayerful. I would do something righteous and holy and lean on God. But I think I would just rage, you know, and and if my child wasn't healing, then I I think the thoughts that would go through my head would be like, if you're a healer, why not heal my kid? Why heal them and not her? Or, you know, like I, I, I think I would have very immature thoughts and I wouldn't be a, some faith filled, holy guy. I would be angry and possibly cussing God out in certain scenarios, you know, but listening to this, it, it's, it's weird. It forces you to have to process what happens when your child has adversity and what do you do to handle that situation and it's and it's weird processing that even though i don't have a situation like that in my life to have to process Mm -hmm. and the other side of it is i go through challenges i have my challenges i have my adversity right now and i can't help but go home and i know i'll look at my daughter and think you know like shoot me kill me bleed me cut me i i don't care like she's okay. Mm-hmm. My adversity no longer seems like adversity. And now I think about it and say, thank you God for my adversity that it's not my child. 
Yeah, that's one thing I think maybe that's comforting in in talking to other people that are dealing with challenging situations. You know, sometimes things can always get worse, and you know, we find some small comfort in that, and that you know, there but the grace of God that you know we even are still alive and still processing and still depending on Him, and and you know, things things could be worse in many many respects for many many people, and. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that I enjoyed, too, about listening to Mark was that he, you know, he mentioned don't waste your pain. And I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, just in the midst of adversity, in the midst of struggle like that, in the midst of knowing he had to create a new normal for his life, that he looked outward to say, how can I help others who are trying to get their new normal and get through this transition? And, you know, he used that to spur his bold idea and to create his podcast and to write his book and to do all the things that are saying, okay, you know, I've gained some strength through this struggle and I'm going to use that in a way that's helpful to other people as opposed to just turning it in on himself. And I absolutely loved the advice of his aunt, you know, to just say, you have to forgive everybody because in the case you know, in my situation, you know, it's like Joshua's health issues. There isn't anybody I can pin that on, right? And so I don't have that same sort of challenge except for maybe with God, you know, like right. you know, so. But with him or he's, you know, gets hit by two drivers, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I can see where, you know, you carry that pain of just, Gosh, just yeah. the, someone to direct it to and that rage. And yeah. if they hadn't done this or hadn't done this or whatever, and it's just such wise but very very difficult advice is just to forgive everybody you know and and we can't do this on our own we need we need the power of christ to do that we need Mm -hmm. god to forgive through us right you know this isn't something that we can fabricate it has to come because we have the spirit of christ living in us and that's where we get the ability to forgive but i just enjoyed this conversation because i think he really brought home a lot of issues that people are dealing with at different levels you know in how they deal with challenges and adversity in their life. Right. And he turned it into something that serves other people. And I just, I think that's great. I tip my hat to him that he took his adversity and turned it into ministry. That's, that's <laughs> something to give kudos to. I don't, I don't think a lot of people would have that kind of, I don't know what you call it, but that kind of strength, that kind of faith endurance or whatever it might be to do that so right my hat's off to him yeah for sure and we've heard this from a number of our guests that have taken the pain in their life and turned it into their opportunity for their bold idea and we hope that that gives you some encouragement as well as you might be thinking about the challenges in your own life things that you might see where you know you're just trusting god for for a little bit more courage and strength to make it through the day. I hope that you find some encouragement in today's episode. And if you did, would you let us know? Just join the conversation at the Bold Idea Podcast and visit the show notes at boldideapodcast.com slash 28. And there you will find a link that will allow you to get his first chapter of his book along with that infographic that we were talking about earlier in the episode just click on that link and you can get that there we'd love for you to leave us comment either there or on our show line at 612-568-IDEA 612-568-4332 and of course we always love it when you review our show on itunes because it helps spread the word about the bold idea podcast and you can do that very easily go to boldideapodcast.com slash review any last words armin Yeah, you know, I can't help but to think that when I go home, I will have a prayer for you and I will have a prayer for Mark and anyone else who's listening right now who's going through 
serious adversity. I, I just pray that Psalm 30, you know, that says you have turned my morning into dancing. So mm-hmm. I, I just pray for whoever, including you and Mark that are going through that adversity. I wholeheartedly will be praying this, that our God, our savior, our maker, our healer does turn your morning into dancing and does clothe you with joy and give you something to just testify about the power, the love, the grace and mercy of God. Mm. Amen to that, Armin. Thank you very much. And so this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And we'll say until next week, hang in there, face your adversity, get through the challenge, trust in God, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com. Bold Idea Podcast.